Hey everybody, this is Brett number one from Spokane, Washington. I've been best friends, best friends with Jesse Dollimore for 25 years, and I still wouldn't listen to that piece of shit show, I Doubt It with Dollimore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us for this inaugural. <laughs> That's not right. This 243rd episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, maybe just as sick as I am, my lovely, yet redundantly sick co-host, Brittany Page. I am. I am sick. I'm not feeling good at all. You know, I had someone say that my voice doesn't sound different at all. Really? And I was pretty offended by that because (laughs) I feel like I'm squawking every time I talk. It sounds like that you've taken up smoking and that you like did it a whole bunch over the course of the last week. Yeah. You're like a Marlboro gal. Yeah. Yeah. They have those. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I'll I contact Philip Morris and see what we can do. Okay. Get great. You an endorsement deal. That is how I feel. I feel all stuffed up really bad, but anyway, you're not feeling good either. Uh, I'm feverish. And you're feeling a different kind of bad than I am as well. well. What ha- here's what happens. It's like when you fly. Like it's it, 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 it's actually very much like that. We had people from out of town in over the weekend, over Labor Day weekend, and those dicks must have brought something from the flying test tube of pestilence known as an airplane. Yeah. Brought illness with them because you were getting sick while they were here. One of them was getting sick while they were here. Mm-hmm. And now it has been transferred ever so graciously to your humble host. Yes. No bueno, as they say. Well, you know, I have a new method to shame people into covering their mouths when they cough. Because people don't... Sorry. Sorry. Well, even recently, someone that I won't mention by name didn't know that you needed to sneeze and or cough into your, your elbow. That that was something that was taught. Are you talking about me? I'm talking about you. Yeah. Because I cover it with my hands. And then I wash my goddamn hands. Okay, but people don't. People yeah, but don't. I do. Okay, that's probably not true because are you near a sink every time you cough into your stupid hands or are you always in a bathroom? All right, someone just got told, guys. Um, <laughs> so, so. Uh, I hope the audience is commiserating with me right now. <laughs> That, uh, look what he has to deal with on a regular basis. I know. What a filthy bee <laughs> for Brittany Page. Okay. Um, so what happened is one of my many duties that I have in life is I'm a tutor. Okay. I tutor kids. And there was one kid today that I can't remember if she sneezed or coughed into my face. Right into your face. And huh? I, I looked at her with a smile, with teeth, a teeth smile. And I said... Just letting all the sneeze just settle onto your teeth and gums. No, that was after I jerked my head away to breathe in a different area <laughs> of the room. And then I, I don't came think back. that's how it works. And then I came back with a smile and I said, did you just cough in my face? 
with seething hatred and fury in your eyes. No, I said it with a smile to, you know, ensure that she yeah. wouldn't be upset. Your voice and face had a smile, but your eyes had rage. <laughs> no, no, it was just a corrective little, oh, did you did you do that? And she she giggled and was like, sorry, because she knew, oh shit, I did. <laughs> And that's probably not okay. Right. So next time, I'm not going to do that because I got called on it. Well, hopefully that hopefully. works. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Before we move on, I'm going to drop the phone number because I often, especially when I'm not feeling well, I forget. If you'd like to communicate with the show, we'd love to hear from you. 657 464 7609. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. To all of our new listeners, I would I would urge you to subscribe to the show. Don't just stream it from the crappy-ass website. Go to iTunes, go to Google Play, go to Stitcher, I guess, if you have to, and click the little boop, click the little subscribe button, because that's that's where the good the good shit is. You'll get special stuff when you subscribe. No, you won't, but you're looking at me like, really? Does that happen? Yeah, I'm like, what kind of special stuff are we going to have to sacrifice? <laughs> Regular episodes <laughs> delivered handily and conveniently. Except on Labor Day. <clears throat> By the way, me clearing my throat and doing the... I'm not going to edit all this out. It's just... It's, it's more evidence that I'm not feeling great. You know, if you have to suffer, everyone has to suffer with you. I hear you. That is my philosophy, actually. That's great. All right, well, let's move on to some listener feedback. Of course, most of this, if not all of this, is about the most recent and continuing overblown kerfuffle about Colin Kaepernick, the San Francisco 49er backup quarterback, refusing or choosing not to stand for the national anthem. Here is one of our favorites, Marvin in Long Beach. Good morning, Jesse. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> and Brittany. This Marvin's got Marvin what I've got. From up to 405 in Long Beach. And uh, I was listening to episode 242 this morning. And uh, I had to put my two cents in on the Kaepernick thing. As I've shared before, I am a veteran. I served 10 years in the United States Air Force. And I feel that I served, I've earned the right to not give a, damn, you know, about anybody else's opinion of me and what I do, how I live my life, as long as it's, you know, within the confines of the law. Kaepernick is protesting the unequal treatment of people of color in this country at the hands of the police, yes, but other uh, uh, injustices as well, The what seems to be an attack on the, on the poor and uh, stuff like that. Well, for me personally, um, I no longer recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, I don't stand for the National Anthem either. I don't get into the, all the 4th of July uh, celebrations. That's me. I, I, I choose not to do that. Um, I speak to my children about that, but that's not something I force upon them. Um, I want them to understand why I do what I do if they choose to want to know more. They're more than welcome to, you know, ask, and I will explain. Um, but it's not something that I'm, I'm forcing upon them. They have to come up in this world and, you know, 
live and navigate their own way with, you know, yes, guidance and assistance from myself and their mother. You know, they're going to have to make their own decisions. So I don't force it upon them, but I do that for me. That's my protest. And as I've seen many, <laughs> for lack of a better pun, Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, come in and speak on this issue, they get it wrong, in my opinion. You know, uh, the people who are uh, supportive of uh, Kaepernick, as I've heard, you know, they say that protest is, you know, one of the most patriotic things you can do. So that light, hey, he's doing his thing, and I'm going to do mine. Everybody do theirs, you know, as long as you're not uh, trying to take my life or, you know, unduly trying to impress me with, you know, force to take me back into slavery. You're cool. I'm not going to sweat you. Don't sweat me. That's all. Take care, guys. Bye. I agree with uh, almost all of that. I'll, I'll say this, that where it relates to the protest aspect of his point, it's super true. I'm not going to say every time and the only time change gets affected in the United States and our society is through protest. But goddamn, it is it is very frequent that it does take civil disobedience, whether it be Martin Luther King and the activities during the civil rights movement or whether it be times like this to wake up America and force a conversation about tough issues. Protest is often a powerful vehicle for change. You know, I bet a lot of people don't like Marvin because he's just so level-headed. Right. You know what I mean? He's How just, dare he be logical What a reasonable guy. Yeah. I know. What a reasonable, easygoing guy. You're banned from the show, Marvin. You unpatriotic dick. No. <laughs> that would never happen. We love getting Marvin's calls. Of course. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much. Uh, up next, Billy from South Carolina about the very same topic. Hey, guys. This is uh, Billy from South Carolina. I left a call a while back talking about how the uh, RNC was kind of like a uh, reality TV show. But I forgot to leave my name. So, yeah, I'm that guy. My bad. <laughs> but I was actually calling today because I heard the um, last show. And then I thought the... I thought the opinions with Marcus and uh, Kevin were pretty good, man, talking about Colin Kaepernick. So I just figured I'd add my little bit. Um, I thought that, well, for one, I think the beauty of the American flag is is that I can see the flag one way and you can see the flag one way, and we're both vindicated. And that's the beauty of it, is that we are not persecuted for the fact that we can take actions like Kaepernick. Um, and... I, I, heard, I heard what you said, Jeff, and I can understand that. I understand that uh, you wouldn't necessarily take that action. I think I think it does a lot for somebody like, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just a regular guy. I'm uh, a black male that lives in South Carolina, and I'm all the time uh, trying to point out, you know, all the problems that I see, and to see an athlete use his platform and take a stand like that, like I find it really commendable. It reminds me of Ali from his time, and you know how Ali was still a five-pack thing. But I guess I, I was calling, oh, yeah, great job taking out Thomas and Fran. Hey, I mean, I mean, it seems like you could do a takedown on her, honestly, every day on YouTube if you wanted to. But she died. I, I thought she did a good job on that. But at the main point, I 
I'm fully with Kaepernick and being a Cowboys fan, not I I'm not a fan of the 49ers, but I gotta say I like I like what he's doing. I think uh, just some bringing light to bringing light to some of these problems that society has, like in regards to oppression. Like I really appreciate it. Um, sorry if I was a little bit long-winded, but just want to say uh, you guys do excuse me, Brittany, you do a fantastic job. You're a champ, uh, Jesse. Come on, man. Give me a little more, man. Do better. I <laughs> love the show. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Once again. I like that variation on Brittany's the best part. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a champ. Here's, here's, here's the deal. It just goes to show that we are all the same, black or white. Everybody loves Brittany. <laughs> and everybody is just, you, look, Jesse. That is give, me a, give me a little more, buddy. Don't read the iTunes reviews. Okay. <laughs> um, that was awesome. Let me, let me tell you something first before we get to, to Billy's comments. Reading the, the iTunes reviews, all that does is not even quite come close to counteracting all of the vicious YouTube hate that I get constantly. So you can give me the iTunes reviews without all the, the shitty attitude, Brittany. Yeah, I only have one bad review. <laughs> <laughs> but Billy, uh, that is the beauty of America. He, he gets it that we can both have completely separate and opposite opinions about what we do Right. Whether we stand for the pledge, whether we say the Pledge of Allegiance, although I'm not a big fan of the God part of the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'm not a 12-year-old, so I haven't said the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, <laughs> recently, but I do stand for the Pledge, or the uh, National Anthem. God damn it! I do stand for the National Anthem, and uh, I wouldn't, like I said, it might make me feel uncomfortable if I see someone with their hat on or not standing, but it is their right to do so. I'm not going to go over there and shit on them or trample upon their right to choose not to do so just because it's my choice to do so. Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's so lost Freedom. on these this patriotism pornographers. It, I, that's not catching on, by the way, and it really, really should. You know, what's interesting is I... I bet you this is not going to be interesting. I bet this is going to be shitting on Jesse. Okay. It's not. So um, <laughs> it's not going to be interesting. Um, I was reading about existential therapy. Oh, uh, so wow. exciting. And um, Fromm is the theorist behind that. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. And one of the things it said is that uh, freedom is more terrifying to people than tyranny. And I was thinking of that while you were talking because that's almost what's coming up in this conversation is people get freaked out when other people use their freedom differently than they do. Right. Differently than they do. Yeah, That's awesome. And it's almost like scary. Like, wait a minute. Oh, you have too much freedom. You're, you know, you're doing, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're doing things the way that, that you want to do them, but you should do them the way that we, the majority yeah, yeah. look at us, rise up. Yeah, We're yeah. telling you what to do. We don't want you to have the freedom. Well, it's, you know, that's the other thing about this entire topic is like on YouTube, th those people who are brave enough to put their goddamn picture up as a as a profile. It is amazing that it's white people who are telling the blacks how to feel about how they're treated in this country without the benefit of the experience of being a black American. They have the temerity and the arrogance to say, 
Forget about slavery. Forget about all the issues. Forget about the fact that it's only been a few years since you've been able to be treated as, as, a, as a full member of society. Now, granted, there's still a lot of shit to, to, to finish. There's a lot of work to be done related to imprisonment and police brutality and just general equality. But there has been some progress. But for white people to, with a straight face, explain to black people how they should feel from their white lens, ugh, it just, it baffles me that there's just this immense lack of empathy as a strain running through America. I, I'll shut up. <laughs> we do have one more voicemail, but we're, I'm going to skip it until next time. Because it deals with something a little different that I wanna I wanna talk about, but it's gonna really push us long on this show. So Conrad, we'll get to you next show, buddy. So we have a text to read, and yes, you can send texts to the show, right? Yeah. Okay. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. It's Michael from Hawaii. So this is in response to the Orange Mooks Dwayne Wade tweet. Yeah, Donald Trump, the orange-faced mook. It's difficult reading a sentence with mook in it. Okay. <laughs> How the hell can anyone who's human conscientiously vote this man in to the same office as George Washington and John Adams? When Nancy Reagan died, parenthetically, albeit a less violent death. Uh, oh, oh. A less violent death than Dwayne Wade's uh, cousin. Okay. Yeah. Bernie Sanders didn't say, this is why people will vote Sanders. He said, she was a devoted wife and a great first lady. It's a damn shame that people older than me actually believe that he is presidential material. And and just for quick reference here, this is what Donald Trump tweeted after Dwayne Wade's cousin was shot and killed. He said, Dwayne Wade's cousin was just shot and killed walking her baby in Chicago. I, I don't understand the phrase walking the baby, but that's Donald Trump. Does he Trump think it's you. a dog on a leash? I have no idea. Um, just what I've been saying, African-Americans will vote Trump. So again... Just what I've been saying. Yeah, again, he takes a horrible, horrible tragedy... And he uses it for his own advancement. He just makes it about himself. I mean, it's disgusting. Her shooting, while tragic and terrible, has nothing to do with you, Donald Trump. Nothing. God damn. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Marvin. We appreciate the communication very much. And wasn't there one more thing on the on the Facebook page that's real quick? I don't know his name, but somebody asked me, are you only going to do things about Tommy Lahren on, on YouTube? No, I'm not. But when she says something stupid, I, you know, I feel not obligated, but compelled to, uh, <laughs> to say something about it. So uh, that's my prerogative since I have a YouTube channel. Indeed. Sounds like a dickish thing, but that's uh, just the way it is. All right. Let's get to a little follow up before we move on with the show. We've talked in the past about convicted rapist Brock Turner, who raped an unconscious woman under the cover of a dumpster after a party at Stanford. He was subsequently sentenced to six months in prison. He only served three, and he has been released. 
In Ohio, protesters gathered outside the home of former Stanford University swimmer Brock Turner. He was released from jail Friday after serving half of his six-month sentence for sexually assaulting an unconscious woman. Carter Evans is following this story. The barrage of cameras and critics that convicted sex offender Brock Turner faced when he left prison in California Loser! are now staked out in front of his parents' home near Dayton, Ohio, where he'll be on probation. And neighbors are not happy about it. He's not welcome. Same enemy, same fight. Turner's early release reignited the controversy over the judge that gave him what critics consider a very light sentence for sexually assaulting an unconscious woman. Judge Aaron Persky reassigned himself to civil cases, but that's not good enough for Michelle Dauber. She's leading an effort to recall the judge, who's also a Stanford graduate. Judge Persky's bias is a threat to the rule of law. And we will continue until he is no longer a judge. Judge Persky now has his own website to defend against the recall. And he has support from law professors across the state. 46 signed a letter opposing his removal, including Lori Levinson. That even if you don't agree with the sentence in this case, it's important that there be judicial independence and that the judges not always be looking over his shoulder when he makes a decision. California lawmakers recently passed a bill that would require harsher sentences for crimes like the one Turner committed. But DeMarco, it's still not clear if the governor will sign it into law. Carter Evans, thank you. And to answer the, the, the woman who was supportive of Judge Persky staying in office, because of judicial independence, that is true. But a lifetime appointment shouldn't come carte blanche. There should be some apparatus for removal here in Orange County, California, there was a judge who gave a ridiculously light, he gave probation, I believe M Mark Kelly, if you'd like to look up the case and he gave a stupid light sentence to a, a young man, an adult, but a man, young man who anally assaulted his like three year old relative and he, they failed to remove him. So the apparatus to remove a judge like this is very difficult. It's, it's an arduous task. It's not just willy-nilly, some people get together and they're mad and a judge gets removed. That is a check and a balance that should be there. Even the Supreme Court justices of the United States, there is a mechanism by which they can be impeached and removed from office. So this judge... He's he's facing what he gets. If he has to spend money defending himself and 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 uh, the ire of the public, then I'm I'm supportive of that because what he did was was false by any metric. It was wrong by any metric, and he should be held accountable for that. So let's take some time here to talk about what might be wrong with me. Because when I watched the video, there's they released a video of Brock Turner registering as a sex offender. Mm -hmm. And when I watched it, I felt like a little tinge of sadness. For him? Yes. Huh. And I don't understand why I feel that way. I mean, I I I felt I felt the sadness 
and I, I tried to sit with it and really think about it for a minute while I was looking at his picture and just ask myself, like, why why is sadness coming up right now? Well, And I, I just, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe it's kind of a mirror neuron thing where you see this guy, this sad sack who looks just about as despondent as you can, and you see him sad, and then it it, it sparks in you empathy your empathy thing kicks in and you're like oh i feel sad for this guy even if it's unco- you know just it's an automatic trigger thing because mm-hmm. with your brain you don't like that guy yeah but th- that's kind of maybe an involuntary thing that comes up yeah i think i think that was part of it the way he looked he also looked very young and, and yeah. like like a little boy yeah and so i think that was part of it thinking wow this he looks like a little boy. He looks so innocent. But he's wait also, a minute, he's a rapist. He's like also I, mobbed by people, and we have a visceral reaction to people who are being what looks like harassment from the media and the press, even though it's justified in this case. Right. I think it's... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is you're not a terrible person, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a long way to get there, but yeah, well, we Well, you know, there. sometimes it takes a while. Okay. Uh, I do want to talk about this, though. Joe Biden gave a, a little speech, and I'm going to play a very short snippet of it, where he talks about college rape and on campus. And what he said was great. Well, we'll just play it, and we'll talk about it. Sex without consent is rape. It is full stop rape. And if you cannot consent because you are unconscious, it is rape. It is rape, period. There is no excuse when a higher institution of learning failed to protect a precious child that we entrust to them because they worry about their reputation. But we all know the problem goes beyond college campuses. We have to throw the mindset that excuses a sexual assault by saying, boys will be boys, it's just the way it is. We have to ensure that survivors' right to justice is always paramount above everything else, including, including the perpetrator or the school's reputation. So you're saying Vice President Joe Biden, loyal, lifelong Roman Catholic, are you saying that this also applies to your religion? Because I haven't heard you make such a impassioned, boisterous stand against the institution of which you belong that is responsible for thousands upon thousands of brutal child rapes. You're right about what you say, but I think there's a double standard here because every word you just spoke applies to the Catholic Church. All right. I will get off my soapbox until... After we talk about Patreon. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. Scott. Scott. Phil. Aaron. And and Aaron. (laughs) And Robin. And Robin. Yes, for... 
Patreon and PayPal, new supporters. Right. Thank you so much for your beautiful contributions to what we do here. We very much appreciate it. You are the reason that despite our illness, we are on the mics right now at 11.57 p.m., okay? Yeah. You're the reason why. So thank you for doing that. (laughs) You are sick right now. I know. It's terrible. Seriously, folks. We love the shit out of you guys, and it is because of our Patreon and our PayPal supporters and all the love that we get from our listeners in general that we are pushing forward and doing this episode. Not just this particular, but all these episodes. And we do have a mark in mind uh, of when we will add a third episode. We're a ways away from it, but um, if you know somebody who would be interested in the topics we talk about here, I'm not just looking for the support part of it. Uh, Turn a friend onto the show. That is another way that would be spectacular of supporting this program. Anyway, we just want to say thank you, as always. And later this month, it'll probably be about two weeks away, maybe three weeks, we're going to do another Google Hangout with all of our Patreon and PayPal people because we had such a good time last time. And we love you guys. And now there will be more faces. More faces. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. In the past, many times, we have spoken about the racism that has crept into the Republican Party that is no longer hiding under the cover of darkness. It is blatant. It is overt. You have sitting congressmen, powerful congressmen, talking about what other group of people has contributed more to civilization than white people. Come on. Steve King from Iowa. You have white, openly, self-proclaimed white supremacists. William Johnson named a delegate for the current GOP nominee. And it was only until the media started asking questions that he was removed as a delegate. There are countless examples. It is a bummer. Soledad O'Brien recently, the journalist, with whom I, I disagree a lot, was on CNN and was talking about this very thing, and she is making complicit the media coverage related to Trump that she believes normalizes this scourge on America and its politics. I started my podcast because I think it's so hard in, in most media to tell it like it is. Mm. Yes, I think Trump is rancid meat. I mean, it's a metaphor. But I think he's someone who's injected a kind of toxicity into American politics that doesn't belong there, that hasn't been there before, that doesn't represent what Republicans have stood for in the past. So that are other journalists not calling it like it is, covering Trump like the unique candidate that he is? I think it's more the contortions to try to make things seem equal all the time. So if you look Mm -hmm. at Hillary Clinton's speech where she basically pointed out that what Donald Trump has done actually quite well is normalize white supremacy, one of a long list of things that I think many Americans would find distasteful. And you would say that's true. Clinton is is right when she says that. I think she made a very good argument, almost like a lawyer, 
Here is ways in which he has actually worked to normalize conversations that many people find hateful. And that many, it, listen, I've seen on air white supremacists being interviewed because they're, they are Trump delegates and they do a five-minute segment, the first minute or so, talking about what they believe is white supremacists, right? So you have normalized that. Then Donald Trump will say, well, Hillary Clinton, she's a bigot. And it's covered journalist part comes in it's they trade barbs he says uh, she's a bigot and she points out that he's a he might be appealing to racists. he said she said he said it she only said. becomes he said she said when when in, in actuality the fact that donald trump has said she's a bigot with not the long laundry list of evidence which if you looked at hillary clinton's speech she actually did have a lot of really good factual evidence that we would all agree are things that have happened and do exist mm. they're treated as if they're equal well she might be a bigot he might be, have ties to racists, they're actually equal, when in reality they're not equal. And I think that's where journalists are failing in the, the contortions to try to make it seem fair. Hmm. That is an awesome point. One that I've never really noodled in that particular way. That when you put them on even footing and you hold, it seems that you're holding Donald Trump's opinions equal to Hillary Clinton's as bad as she is, she's not a bigot. Has she made mistakes in the past? Yes. Is she a terrible candidate? Yes. But does she have a, a, a disdain and contempt for minorities in this country? No. Come on. No. Donald Trump? Yes. Are Mexicans rapists in his eyes? Yes. Is the black community the problem? It seems as though in his eyes, yes. Is he championing the support of white nationalists, white separatists, and white supremacists in this country? He sure isn't backing away from it. He's naming them to lofty positions of delegate. This is a problem. And she's right. The media is complicit. It's, a, it's an awesome way to look at things. Well, something big has happened. We have talked in the past about the lovely USA Freedom Kids who sang the Donald Trump campaign song at a rally. Here it is. Cowardice. Are you serious? Apologies for freedom. I can't handle this. When freedom brings Andrew the call on your feet, stand up tall. <laughs> Freedom's on our shoulders. USA. What? Like what? Enemies of freedom. Face the music. Come on, boys, take them down. President Donald Trump knows how to make America great. Deal from strength or get crushed every time. Deal with strength or get crushed every time. Jesus. As the six and seven-year-old girls, they know very well about the nuance of international relations and military prowess. Well, they've been told. They've been instructed by their parents. They have been indoctrinated. So they know. Yeah. Well, the manager of this very talented group of lip syncers, he's suing Donald Trump because apparently they are reneging on some verbal agreements. The USA Freedom Kids, which is apparently how they're known... (laughs) Worldwide sensations, Brittany Page. Said in a newly filed lawsuit. Do I need to play the song again? No. 
<laughs> that the Trump campaign broke verbal agreements for performances at two events and refused to pay even a $2,500 stipend for the group's travel expenses. Apparently, they were promised a, a merch table. Okay, we can't pay you for this one, but we'll, get, we'll give you a merch table in the back. And then when they got there, there was no merch table, so they couldn't set up. And then when they got out to their car, all of the merchandise that they had brought had... <laughs> had been stolen <laughs> why is that so funny to me oh the poor usa freedom that the kids. usa freedom girls got ripped off at a trump rally that's oh, so just mwah, well everyone so everyone thought the freedom materials were free <laughs> right Brittany page making the joke you know but this kind of reminds me because it almost seems like these kids are just trying to give Donald Trump a bill that he doesn't want. Like, listen, I don't want you around. I don't need you here. I didn't ask for you to come here. I'm not going to pay this bill. It's almost like when I used to have like his black supporters. He's just, I don't really want you here, but that's a necessity. Well, that's a little (laughs) bit more of a serious joke, but it's almost like when I was a kid and I would have the neighborhood kids over and I would teach them school. We would play school, except for I would demand that they sit still and do homework with me. Wow. And I would teach them. <laughs> and then I would give them a bill to take home with them to their parents to, wow, to pay me. To L- pay me. Little entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, a dollar per class per day. It's pretty good. Who knew that Brittany Page was a USA Freedom kid as a child? But they never paid me. Sing along, Brittany. <laughs> I am not doing that. Thank you. I know you can. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Apologies for freedom. I can't handle this. Apologies I don't for know freedom. the words. Apologies for freedom. I can't handle this. You know what? Jesse D can't either. <laughs> I love it. You can really relate to that. Oh, that shit's going on my iPhone. I'm going to listen to that on a loop. Oh, I God. wonder if there's a USA Freedom Kids Pandora station. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. (laughs) All right. Well, Donald Trump was on with Bill O'Reilly recently, and he was asked about that very thing about black supporters. And because Donald Trump just recently went to a a black church and pandered, and he's begging for support now after all the terrible shit that he's done throughout the last year and months. And uh, Bill O'Reilly asked him, hey, what do you think? You think maybe uh, it's because you were a birther weirdo? who was hating on our first black president and questioning his citizenship. You think that might have something to do with uh, the reason that you have like zero to 1% support in the black community? Here's how it went down. Now this question on this, do you think your birther position has hurt you among African-Americans? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even talk about it anymore, Bill, no, I because know. you know, I just but don't bother there, talking about record, it. You know. I don't know. I guess I guess with maybe some I don't know why I mean, I don't I really don't know why but I don't think very few people you're the first one that's brought that up in a while um, I don't think so I mean look I went to Detroit we had it was like a love fest we had just a great great time I was there for a long time Did you just hear that he was asked the question very direct question and right after he said do you think that's the problem he took all of about 25 seconds to stall by saying nonsense to try to think of what he was going to say rather than answer the question. Here it is. Bill O'Reilly asks, this is the answer. 
I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even talk about it anymore, Bill, no, because, know. you know, I just but don't bother there, talking about record, it. But you know. I don't know. I guess I guess with maybe some, I don't know why. I, mean, I, don't, I really don't know why. But I don't think very few people, you're the first one that's brought that up in a while. Um, I don't think so. I mean, look. <laughs> he acts like because he doesn't talk about the birther thing anymore that, oh, well, that shouldn't matter. I'm not talking about it now. All the terrible, arguably racist shit that I've done in the past, I'm not talking about that now, so why would they hate me because of what I did in the past? He's like a six-year-old child. Yeah, and not only that, but he's talking about when he went to the the black church, right? Right. And he looked completely out of place. He was not comfortable. Always it, uncomfortable. It was not a good situation for him. He got up there, and you know what's weird is he didn't tell the congregation that their lives are a mess and that he should vote for them because their lives are wrecked right, and they have right. nothing going for them. No, he had a very eloquent... I'm by the way, that is a quote that Donald Trump said. I don't want to get like angry tweets oh, we, or something. We played it. We played it. Yeah. And um, he reads this eloquent speech. Right. And claims that he those were his own words that he wrote it himself. No, they're not. Because if they were, then you would have said what you tweet, right. what, what you say off the handle about how they're going to vote for you because their lives are wrecked and they have no other option. The, you're please. dropping out of school. Please. You have no jobs. It, he's. He's a maniac. Yeah, it's disturbing. But also, he said he went to the church because he wanted to learn. Okay, that was the goal. Right. Bill O'Reilly also, in that interview, asks him, what did you learn on your trip? And he just said how great the bishop was. Yeah, he he didn't learn anything. Yeah. But he acted because he, he, because he can't even admit <laughs> that he learned something. Because that would almost be uh, a slight for right? him, I know everything. Yeah, insulting his ego. Well, I didn't learn anything because there's nothing left for me to learn, all right? Well, it is it is odd, the juxtaposition between Trump when he's talking to the white people, his white, angry crowd, or in a church filled with African Americans. Right. It's a different, it's the same thing with him and his white crowds or him in Mexico giving a speech to the Mexican people. We are united by our support for democracy. They're laughing at us, at our stupidity. And now they're beating us economically. Mexicans are just beyond reproach. They are not our friend, believe me. And they are amazing people, amazing people. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And I happen to have a tremendous feeling for Mexican-Americans. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime, spectacular, spectacular, hardworking people. They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. We did discuss the wall. We didn't discuss payment of the wall. Uh, that'll be for a later date. Huh. That's kind of interesting, those two Donald Trumps. Is that really what America wants? Or more importantly, is that what America needs? Don't you want a president who talks the same game out of both sides of his mouth? Even if it's always robotic. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you want the same guy. You, you want to know that when he goes into a meeting with other world leaders, that he's not going to completely puss out like Donald Trump did when he went to Mexico. That he, if he's strong to the American people, he'll be strong in meetings. If he's meek 
and 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 wise, then he'll be that there too. You don't want to wonder which Donald Trump are we going to get. It's important to have consistency and maturity. And you know, Obama, with all his faults, he is consistent and he is mature. God, Donald Trump's a wreck. Well, he's also, he's not PC, so. Right, right. He's, he's a tell it like it is kind of guy. It's almost like a setup, Brittany Page. I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. <laughs> he doesn't have time for it. Yeah, he's a busy man, Brittany Page. He has no time for total political correctness. Takes a lot of time. Or as I would call it, human decency. Right, not being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also in trouble right now. Because this whole Trump University thing has been a problem for him. And now it's been released and revealed, I guess, more appropriately, that he donated money, illegally donated money from his foundation, the Donald Trump, the same Donald Trump foundation, that he goes out and buys Tim Tebow merchandise at an auction. Not with his own money, but with his charity's money. It's important for a charity to have that but he's in trouble because he donated money to a political campaign that appears to have been a payoff to stop an impending investigation on Trump University. It is my great honor to introduce to you. Florida's Attorney General Pam Bondi is a huge supporter of Donald Trump. The next president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Bondi is also the Florida Attorney General, whose office decided not to pursue a case against Donald Trump. And the decision was made almost exactly at the same time Trump made a $25,000 donation to Pam Bondi's political pack. I've just known uh, Pam Bondi for years. Uh, I have a lot of respect for her. Uh, never spoke to her about that at all. Trump on his plane this weekend denies any connection. Pam Bondi also forcefully denies any connection, calling it bullying by the Clinton campaign. So what did happen? Here are the facts. Pam Bondi took office in 2011. Trump University was already out of business. Prior to her taking office, Florida's Attorney General's office received 20 complaints against Trump Institute, a business affiliated with Trump, but it too was out of business. Since Pam Bondi took office, up until the decision was made, Florida received just one complaint against Trump University. According to a spokesman for Florida's attorney general, it wasn't enough to justify Florida filing suit. Instead, staff doing due diligence reviewed the complaints and the New York litigation and made the proper determination that the New York litigation would provide relief to aggrieved consumers nationwide. In other words, Floridians could join New York's lawsuit. The spokesman also told CNN Pam Bondi had nothing to do with it. The decision was made by staff. In fact, the spokesman says Pam Bondi didn't even know there were complaints against Trump. But around the same time the Florida Attorney General's office was deciding to not pursue a case against Trump, Pam Bondi was pursuing Donald Trump himself for a political donation. It was September of 2013. Trump's foundation donated $25,000 to Bondi's political action committee. Bondi's attorney general's office never pursued the case. Did one follow the other? Pam Bondi, again today on Fox Business News, says no. 
Of course I asked Donald Trump for a contribution. That's not what this is about. She was saying he was under investigation by my office at the time, and I knew about it, none of which is true. So you can't have it both ways, Trump supporters. You can't be angry, although I believe it was justified, that Loretta Lynch has a meeting with Bill Clinton, and only days later, the FBI announces they're not going to be pursuing charges against Hillary Clinton. You can't be pissed off at that and then think, oh, nothing to see here, everybody. Move along. $25,000 donation, illegal donation. And then no case is pursued. You can't have it both ways. Furthermore, where is the outrage from conservatives, from Republicans, who want someone who is financially responsible, especially where it relates to legalities, why is, was no one putting two and two together with, with this and also the fact that he still refuses to release his tax returns? And not only that, he says, eh, it's not a big deal, and the American people don't really care. Going back I'm, 40 releasing, years. I'm releasing my tax returns. Donald Trump will release his tax returns. I'll, I'll give mine to you all this week, and he's going to provide his after a routine audit is done. As far as my taxes are concerned, the only one that cares is the press, I will tell you. And even the press, I tell you, it's not a big deal. You don't think there are any voters out there? Who... I don't think so. No, I think, I think people don't care. <laughs> it's another form of many people are saying. It's just kind of the opposite. Oh, no, no one cares. I like how even Mike Pence is calling him Donald Trump. Yeah. Not just Donald. Right. I mean, did Paul Ryan call Mitt Romney Mitt Romney? Or did he just call him Mitt? Right. Me and Mitt. Mitt and me. That's very strange that even Mike Pence feels like he needs to use his full name when speaking to him. Yeah, it's bizarre. Well, Donald Trump recently gave a speech, and this will be the last, the last Donald Trump story. Well, I guess we're saying Donald Trump over and over again, too. Yeah, I don't know this guy. Maybe it's just what you do. Not when you're sitting next to him and you're the vice presidential nominee. No. Right. You should know him a little better, right? Yeah. I mean, do you think uh, you think Kane is saying, yeah, Hillary Clinton, Secretary Clinton? <laughs> I don't. Maybe. I don't know. But Donald Trump, Donald Trump gave a speech talking about how when he gets into to be the president, he is going to give the generals 30 days to come up with a plan to take care of ISIS. Here, here's Jay Tap, good old Jake Tapper from CNN, expressing the same concerns that I have. Quote, peace through strength. That Reagan-esque slogan is how Donald Trump started a major national security speech in Philadelphia today, calling for a big boost in military spending to maintain U.S. supremacy and fight our enemies. Immediately after taking office, the GOP nominee says he will give his generals 30 days to come up with a plan to quickly defeat ISIS. Now, those of you paying close attention know that this claim is at odds with previous Trump pronouncements. He has previously said that he knows more about ISIS than the generals do. He's also said he already has a, quote, foolproof plan to destroy the terrorist group. But forget about that foolproof plan or the fact that in June, Mr. Trump said the generals don't know much. Now the generals have to come up with a new plan. So if he had such a foolproof plan, why does he need the generals to come up with a plan? If he has a plan that's foolproof, that is unencumbered by failure or by doubt, why does he need other plans to be drawn up as a eh, 
it just in case. Well, he's the most militaristic person that we know. And he knows more than the generals. Yeah, so... And if you don't believe, or you'd like reference to these comments, here's him talking about the 30 days to prepare plan. I will ask my generals to present to me a plan within 30 days to defeat and destroy ISIS. This will require military warfare, but also cyber warfare, financial warfare, and ideological warfare. Why is that needed? Well, first of all, why would you need to even consult with generals if this is the case? I know more about ISIS than the generals do. Believe me. Believe me. Donald Trump, the five-time draft-dodging coward who feels like he had a wonderful experience and an understanding of the military because he went to a military high school. He knows more than men and women who have been in the military and served their country for 30, 35 years attaining the rank of general. He knows more than them. I know more about ISIS than the generals do, believe me. And the other thing, again, would be, why does he need the generals to even come up with a plan if he already has one formulated? He said, I have a great plan, it's going to be great. Well, what is it? I'd rather not say I want to be unpredictable. That's the other thing. No, I've, trust me, believe me, believe me. I got a tremendous plan. It's tremendous. But I can't tell you what it is. You have to elect me first, then you'll see it. It's, it's like a it's like a like a magic trick. Yeah. Um I just have been shaking my head so hard that it kind of hurts. My <laughs> neck is my neck is hurting. Well, that works out well cuz we have one more story and then we're done. Oh, perfect. Are oh, you you ready to end the show, huh? Well, I'm yeah, not, I, I feel like shit. <laughs> I'm not feeling great. Yeah. And I also have homework to do. Well, the air conditioner's not kicking high enough because I am sweating and miserable and feverish. <coughs> and every five seconds, I start to cough. You so. know, I also want to say I bought this maximum strength NyQuil knockoff. And it is not maximum strength because I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. Then like, double the dose. Then it's extra maximum. I'm going to be knocked out. And I was not. I was not knocked out. All right. Well, this might knock you out. Next up is Sean Hannity and Newt Gingrich. Smack right in the face. Didn't knock you out. <laughs> okay. They were recently talking. If you haven't heard, let me preface the story by saying this. Hillary Clinton apparently has gone on a couple couple coughing jags where <clears throat> she's coughing a lot while she talks. And let me tell you <laughs> like something. Like us. Yeah, yeah just, just like me. The first time I cough, I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to cover that story, and they think it's a bit. <laughs> uh, when you talk a lot, your throat gets fucking <clears throat> thrashed. It gets irritated. I'm not even putting this on. It really does. It's, it's a bummer. Well, or you have a very serious, debilitating illness that you're trying to hide oh, yeah. from the have, entire yeah. American public. She, she's Doc Holliday. She's got the TB. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. So, Sean Hannity, the pumpkin-headed lapdog of Donald Trump, has Newt Gingrich, the other guy with a giant pumpkin head. Well, what is going It's like a team effort here. <laughs> All four of those guys. Uh-huh. Is it four? No, it's three. Sean Hannity, Donald Trump, and, and, and Newt Gingrich all have 
astronomically large heads. And they, what happened? That's coming from a guy who's got, I got a big dome on me. Well, what happened to the brain, though? Because. (laughs) Well, it's just a big thick skull with like a little peanut in there. Okay, got it. Yeah. So they're on and they're talking about for the first few, I don't know, a minute or so, let's say. I don't remember how long this clip is that I pulled, but they're talking about this mysterious illness that Hillary Clinton has tried to hide from the American people. And uh, well, let's cover that first. And, you know, I, I hope she's all right. I don't, I don't think we should descend to a point where we wish uh, bad health on anybody. Uh, but it's a little disturbing, partly because she has to have access to the best doctors in the world. And, and uh, I would think that they would be, be working very hard to find some way to cope with this, uh, depending on what's causing it. Uh, I remember years ago, uh, Bill had acid reflux and really messed up his voice for a while. Of course, nowadays you just take an over-the-counter medicine, and it basically controls it. But uh, he and I talked one time about 19, I guess, 95 or so, uh, when I was speaker and he was president. He, he'd really gone through a period where he had, he had his coughing attacks, and he had, had uh, all, and it turned out all to be caused by acid reflux. Her coughs are much deeper than his and last much longer, so I, I don't know what her problem is. But I would think both for her own health and to reassure the country um, that she ought to do something about this. Uh, and, and I'm really surprised that, that her doctors have it, not... It lasted for four minutes and 22 seconds this weekend. Newt Gingrich, I don't know what her problem is. Yeah, Dick, that's because you're not a doctor. You're not a physician. You're not a man of science. You're not able to diagnose medical conditions. And neither is your pumpkin-headed friend, Sean Hannity. You're talking heads. It would be like me trying to diagnose somebody. You know what? They especially cannot diagnose somebody when they hate right. the person that they are trying to diagnose. Hate. Newt Gingrich says, well, yeah, but her coughs are they are much deeper than Bill Clinton's were. So it's not acid reflux. I got this all figured out. Right. That, that's, again, asshole. the hatred coming through. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. they hate her so much right. that they will say anything. Oh, anything. To convince other people to hate her as much yeah. as they do. Well, it was only two, well, let's say about three minutes later, and they were talking about something not related to the coughing. In the same interview, and this happened. Of playing the role of president, and that uh, <clears throat> he, he seemed perfectly natural in that role. Uh, I, so I think that was very helpful to him. At the same time, uh, he stuck to his guns on immigration, which has been one of his most powerful issues, and, and indicated clearly that uh, while he wanted to work with Mexico, he was not going to, in fact, uh, give in. I also think you're right that, that the, the discipline of the script has helped. <laughs> and now, now, I'm what? Just, you, now you sound like Hillary. Can I get you? Can I get you a drink of water or anything? You, by the way, yours didn't last four minutes and twenty seconds. Thank oh, God! I oh, mean, right. No, I'm I'm in good shape, uh, but but the, <laughs> at least I'm in better shape than Hillary. I, uh, well, a, 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 a three second cough does not equate to a four minute and twenty second cough. That's true, but I, I also I'm, I'm a little bit like you, and I fly so much that my my throat dries out. It does. You have to so I, hydrate I, big time. Yeah, so I, I have to drink. And I also I, I use uh, Ricola, just cough drops. Ricola, yeah. Ricola, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. All right, so oh, I'm, God. Anyway, Isn't that awesome? I mean, this, I, this insane backpedaling, trying to explain away why he was starting to cough. It's, you know oh, what? I, I fly a lot. You know, Hillary Clinton, she's never she's never been on a plane in the last 10 years. Right, she only travels by train. Yeah, she's it's like Lincoln. Yeah. It's like a whistle stop tour. Yeah. 
she's terrified of technology. So how terrible is it to be corrected by Sean Hannity? Uh, oh, you mean Ricola? Because they're a sponsor in my AM radio show here. Ricola. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but also, I want to say that the media didn't cover this well. I've seen several outlets, whether it be Raw oh Story. God. I don't know exactly who who, who said this uh, specifically, whether it be Raw Story or Occupy Democrats or, you know, those super uh, reputable agenda driven sources. They were like, oh, yeah. Bri- uh, I almost said Brittany Page. <laughs> Newt Gingrich. And let's see how I am. I just it, I get in that mindset about hating on. I'm just automatically Brittany. Oh, <laughs> Perfect. But they're all like, ah, oh, Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity, they're talking about Hillary's coughing, and he goes off on a coughing jag. Uh, he has a coughing fit. He had a couple of coughs. Yeah. It's certainly not what they're trying to make it out to be. However, what was most striking to me was the backpedaling and trying to explain away the fact that he coughed. Oh, I'm much healthier than her. Oh, it's because, oh, my throat gets dry when I fly, and then I got to drink some water, and I have the pills and the recolas. ha, ha, ha. Just, <coughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's because you coughed. Well, all those reasons applicable to Newt Gingrich, not applicable to Hillary Clinton. It's probably because you're just an old fat turd is probably why you cough a lot. And she's probably not all that healthy either. She's 69 years old. You get old. Shit starts falling apart. Yeah, your throat gets old. It starts getting worn out. I'm like half that old <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm falling apart. My ankle hurts for no reason right now. I have like a high ankle sprain. I haven't dribbled a basketball in t- 30 years. It's tough to keep the old throat moisturized. Yeah, it's no good. That's what I've heard. You, what I, you know what I hear is you need a pocket full of Ricola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be helpful. All right, everybody. We don't have a taking care of biz today. Mainly because of the sickness. Well, also because we're taking care of it. Well, I'm sweaty. I'm sweating and the room is like 70 degrees in here. It's because a lot of complaining. I might not be back for four, 244 because I might be dead. You'll be fine. There's another Tommy Laren thing that I want to cover uh, in YouTube form yeah. so, that several people have sent me. Mm-hmm. And I might not be able to do it because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm broken. Not just the ankle. It's also a lot of the, the fever and the... And the b- trips to the bathroom. If I love, you know what I mean, Brittany Page. I love that people send you the Tommy Lahren videos because it's not like you'll know that they're out there. <laughs> well, sometimes I don't know. I've taken a long time to get to some of them before because I don't, you know, pay that much attention. I just started following her on Facebook so I could get updates. Oh, you liked her on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. It's big time. It's like Ooh, a romantic thing now. Yikes. <laughs> That's serious. Oh, yeah. We're going steady, Brittany Page. Dedication. Real Real good. I bet that's great. All right. We're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We we appreciate you. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, go to Amazon. Well, first go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There is a resource there. It says support the show. There you can find all the different ways to donate uh, monetarily. But if you're not in a position to do that, you're not ready to or you're just you're not there, that's fine. Go to iTunes. Go to Google. Review the show. That would be super, super helpful. As always, until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I bet you this is not going to be interesting. I bet this is going to be shitting on Jesse. Okay. Okay. <laughs>